All right, well, I'm excited. For those who don't know me, I'm Pastor Daniel, and I get to share with you guys this evening, and it's going to be fun. So I wish I could tell you that I'm here to promise a life of ease with, um, with no storms, uh, with no challenges, and no problems, but lots of relaxing and cushions. But um, if I was to promise you that, I would be a liar. So um, if, if I can't promise you a life of ease, if I can't promise that, how are we to face the obstacles that we know are coming? Because we can't stop them from coming. Um, in fact, it's probably not the verse that you have on your fridge, but Jesus actually promised trouble. He promised trouble. He trauma- promised persecution. He promised that storms would come. He said he promised that we have an enemy who's out to get us. And I, and I look at this, and I'm going, well, those are not the promises that I really wanted to hold on to. But some promises, there are some things in life that you have to like fight for to get them. And there are other things that you can fight not to, and they still come. Like bills, they come whether you like it or not. Um, but, but storms in life are that way. And I'm like, well, well how, how do we stand up and outlast the storms? And I asked uh, two of my boys to come help me the other day. So can you put up that first picture? Um, let me introduce to you Ezekiel and Titus. These are <clears throat> two of our four kids. And so I got them out in the yard. I'm like, I need your help for my message. They're like, what do you need? I'm like, can you push each other over? I'm like, what? And so they got really excited that they were going to get to push each other. Now, when I line these guys up and let them push each other, who do you think is going to win? Um, for most of you guys, um, <clears throat> the bigger one. Um, th- this, is, this is not rocket science, but the bigger one is indeed stronger and is going to win this, even though the little one has an over, like I, I say an oversized heart, not like a medical condition, but like he just has... Um, tenacity at a grand level. But we, we go through this, and I'm like, okay, well, sometimes in life, the storms seem bigger than us. We go, well, how am I going to, to outlast? How am I going to overcome this storm if this storm is indeed bigger than me? And so I looked, and you can put up the next picture. We decided to change things just a little bit. <clears throat> Still the same two kids. In fact, now Zeke looks even bigger than Titus, but his foundation now has shrunk. Well, Titus is on the solid ground. Titus got really excited about this. He's like, I get to push him now. Like, he's like, now I have the advantage. And, and <clears throat> next picture. Um, and all of a sudden, Zeke is coming off of his foundation. And I, I looked at these guys, and it was just this simple thing that our foundation matters. And how <clears throat> our foundation will allow us to outlast the storms and the attacks in life. And as I was starting to work on this, um, I looked and I realized something. Storms and circumstances happen, and they're external. But the battle is internal. And I am not in control of the circumstances. I mean, I guess occasionally the circumstances are a result of my own stupidity. That's a thing. But there are storms that come that have nothing to do with any of the choices that I have made. And I am not in control of the storm that's external. But the battle happens internal, and that's where <clears throat> I have control. So I don't know if you've ever been through something with a group of people where there are some people there that are just like freaking out and others that are as calm as a cucumber. And you're like, are you, 
walking through the same thing. Um, I've traveled with people and there's some people, you put them in an airport and as soon as you get them to the airport, they're stressed and freaking out. And you're like, we haven't even gotten delayed yet. And like, they're just like freaking out. And then there are other people who are like, we're going on a trip. Troll, boom, And you're like, all right. <laughs> and just same circumstances, different internal happenings. I was thinking in my office, I was like, all right, well, what's, what's a good one that I've been through where we went through one thing with different people and they experienced the same situation differently. And I remembered one of my mistakes. So there was a storm caused by me. So nine years ago, a little over, <clears throat> we're driving to church. It was during the winter and <clears throat> the weather was not the best. And we're coming down Ivanrest. We're coming down a hill towards 68th Street. And there's a guy in front of us who's slowing down. He's got his turn signal on. He's going to turn onto 68th. And I'm like, cool. He's going to turn out of the way. There's a car coming. It's way out there. So he's going to go and then we'll just keep going. Well, he decides to just stop and not to turn. And it took me a while to figure out that he was not slowing to make the corner, that he was just going to stop and hang out in the middle of Ivanrest, which is not a parking lot. And so I'm coming, and when this finally occurs to me, I put my foot on the brake. I'm like, all right, we're going to have to slow down and not just keep rolling. Except when I put my foot on the brake, <clears throat> the car didn't care. In fact, it just kept moving at the same speed. And there was a nice sheet of ice that had been under things. And so I am now sliding, and I'm probably slowing slightly, but not by much. And so I'm coming at him, <clears throat> and I'm like, uh, that, that's the rear end of a car. And now that he's waited a really long time, he might just turn left at random. I can't remember if that car had already passed us or not. But I'm like, is he going to turn? Is he not? But I can't go left and get hit. If I rear end him, I'm going to, that's not good. And I look right, and there is, <coughs> um, was it, a sign, a mailbox, and a gas line pipe thing coming up. And I'm like, all right, and aim for the middle. And so like aim between them, and they had been piling snow at the end of their driveway, as plows do. And we hit that, we were driving a pilot, we hit that uh, <clears throat> snow mound and jumped the truck off the mound into the ditch. <clears throat> and when we do, we land, we didn't hit anything other than the snow mound. And inside, I am like, I have mixed feelings. <clears throat> I am frustrated and annoyed at the man who parked in the middle of Ivanrest. And I am relieved, thankful, and overjoyed that <clears throat> I didn't hit the mailbox, the sign, the car, and I, or a tree. And we're like, we just landed in the ditch. And my wife had a moment and uh, <laughs> freaked out for just a minute. Now, at that point in time, our, our oldest was one years old and he was in the back. And he, this was a new kind of storm for him. He has never been in the ditch before, never almost had a car accident before. <clears throat> and so he's looking going, here comes the storm. What should happen internally? And he looks at me and I'm just calm. And he looks at mom and she freaked out. So he freaked out. And then she realized that freaking out wasn't a good idea and turned her freak out into excitement of, oh, yay, look, we're all okay. And he's like, ah, ah, okay, okay, okay. And like, but it was this amazing thing that our circumstance hadn't changed at all. We both went through the same circumstance, but their, our internals were different. And then Benaiah's internals were looking at ours to decide how should I respond to this? Am I grateful that we had an adventure? Am I scared that we went off the road? Like, what do I do? I now have an excuse to drive through the woods to get out of the ditch. But like, there's, there's all of these different things and you go, okay, so it's, it's one storm, but there's a difference internally. 
And so I, I begin to process this and I begin to look and I wanted to look at two storms that Jesus went through. <clears throat> We're actually gonna look at two of the physical storms that he went through. Uh, in Matthew chapter eight, he's with his disciples and they're on a boat <clears throat> and they're going off. And these guys have been fishermen for years. So they are, they are experienced. They are used to dealing with the weather there, but <clears throat> they're freaking out. Well, Jesus is asleep in the back of the boat. He's like, you guys row. I've been praying to people. I'm going to peace out. I'm asleeping. So he just goes and he's asleep and they're freaking out. And after a while, they get so worried. They grab Jesus and they're like, Jesus, don't you care? We're going to die. And uh, Jesus does not respond with, really? We're going to die? Oh no, what do we do? Like that was not his response. In case you haven't read the story before. So in, in Matthew chapter eight, they're freaking out. Jesus' response was, why are you so afraid? Oh, you of little faith. Then he rose, rebuked the wind and the sea, and there was a great calm. And then they, they all marveled and they're like, whoa. Which would kind of probably be most of our response. If you're in like the middle of a storm, thought you were going to die, you wake him up and he's like, what? What's, what's, what's wrong with you? Why are you freaking out? Peace. <laughs> but I looked at him, I go, so why? They're all in the same storm. Jesus didn't only not only freak out, not only did the storm around him not cause him turmoil, the peace in him actually overflowed and calmed the storm. And I begin to look and go, okay, so there's something different here. And <clears throat> if you fast forward a few chapters, Matthew chapter 14, Jesus sends his disciples in a boat again across the lake and we get another storm. And as he goes into this one, they don't have Jesus in the boat, but they are supposed to have remembered last time when Jesus was in the boat. <clears throat> they didn't. They get in this storm, and again, they're freaking out, <coughs> and they're rowing really hard. Jesus hangs out on shore, goes up the mountain, prays for a while, decides it's time for him to go catch up and to meet them on the other side. Doesn't have a boat, so he just starts walking on the water. That's cool. That's not normal. And so he's just like, got peace. There's a big old storm going on. And he's just like, okay, that's okay. I'm walking. I'm just walking. And they're rowing and they're rowing. And all of a sudden they're rowing and they look out and they see what looks like a person on the water. <clears throat> but in case you haven't tried this, normal people sink. If you hold onto a handle, you get going about 36 to 42 miles an hour and you can stay up. But if you're not being towed by the boat, you're going under. And so they're freaking out and they're like, well, that can't be a normal person. That's got to be a ghost. And so if there's a ghost on the sea, this is even scarier too. They're all freaking out. And Jesus goes, <clears throat> hey guys, don't be worried. Uh, take courage. Don't be afraid. <clears throat> it's me. And Peter's like, are you sure it's you? If it's really you, call me out there. Now, I don't know if you ever like read this and thought about that, but that's really stupid. If it's not him, what are they going to do? Call you out there and then you're in trouble. And if it's him, is he supposed to not tell you to call you, not call you out there if it's a bad idea? Like, I don't know. You just seem to like set yourself up. I think Peter really had some faith at this point. And he just thought, I am better off with Jesus out there than in the boat with these crazies. So he's like, all right, call me out there. Jesus is like, well, then come. He gets out and he starts to walk on the water. And this is, this is cool. This is crazy. And you go, well, is Jesus calm 
because walking on the water is safer than being in a boat? Is it because his circumstances were better than theirs? But when Peter got into his circumstances, he started to walk until he looked at the storm around him. And then when he looked at the storm around him, he realized that there's still problems. Because I don't know if you realize this, but if you're walking on the water, it is somehow hard under your feet, right? If there's big waves that were crashing over the boat and now it's hard under your feet, what's going to happen if they hit you? And I imagine this going through his head. Like, what if that wave hits me? And he's like, what if, what if, what if, what if, what if? And then he starts to sink. And he calls out to Jesus. Jesus picks him up. And then he goes. He says, he caught him and says, you have little faith. Why did you doubt? And when they climbed in the boat, the wind died down. And I looked at both of these storms, and when they were freaking out, Jesus goes, where is your faith? And he just looked and he goes, what are you looking at? What are you holding on to? Are you standing on a two-inch board or are you standing in the yard? What, what foundation are you on? What is it that you're counting on? And I begin to look at this, and I realized that you can't avoid life storms, but you can have something different internally. Jesus' calm, uh, Jesus' internal calm brought peace to the, the external storm. And I, that just like shocked me because I'm like, I don't know if you've ever heard somebody say, like, how are you? And they're like, well, I'm pretty good under the circumstances. And there's this mindset that our life is controlled by the external circumstances. But Jesus' external circumstances were controlled by his internal peace. And I begin to realize that we can have something different. And so Jesus is this, the master of this. And he actually lays out the key for this. In Matthew chapter 7, he's teaching and he, he tells us, he goes, if, if you want to know how do you keep the internal peaceful, how do you survive the storm? He goes, um, <clears throat> And he tells the parable, he says, Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does what I say, he's like someone who builds his house on the rock. And he goes, the storm's still going to come. The storm will come. The wind will blow. The rain will come down and crash. But the, sto- the house will remain strong. And then he says that th- those who hear his word and don't apply them, he goes, they're going to be like somebody who built their house on the sand. The storm's going to come. The wind's going to blow. The waves will crash and the house will go splat. Or maybe that's the version of the, from the song when I was a kid. But the house is going to crash. And he goes through and, and, and he says this and he's like, <clears throat> both of them are going to have the same storm. But their foundation is going to determine which of these and how they're going to survive. And so I begin to like hold this idea. Then I'm like, all right, storms are going to come. I can't avoid storms because I'm breathing they'll come. But my foundation is going to matter. How is it, because Jesus, he talks about storms, he talks about an enemy. How is it that I overcome the storms? How is it that I overcome the enemy? And so I want to look at the master, Jesus, because we looked at him in physical storms and he seemed to have a peace. But when the enemy attacked him, the enemy, in in Matthew 4, Jesus, uh, 
we, we call it Jesus' temptation, but the enemy comes to Jesus. He just got baptized. God just spoke to him out of heaven and said, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. He goes and he fasts, he's seeking God. And then Satan shows up and goes, if you're really the son of God, this is what you should do. And he goes through and the first thing that the devil attacks is God's word. And I begin to look and ponder this going, well, Jesus just told me that the key to going through this storm was building my life on his word. And when he was in a physical storm, he asked them, hey, where was your peace? And he began to look <clears throat> and he had peace even in the storm. When he faces off with the devil, he goes through and goes, it is written. And the first thing that the devil attacks was God's word. And Jesus' response was God's word. And I begin to look and go, okay, so <clears throat> this is how it went down with Jesus. Is this how it goes down for anybody else? And if you go all the way back to the book of Genesis, the very first temptation, Eve's at the, uh, <clears throat> at the tree and Satan goes, did God really say? And the first thing that he attacked was God's word. So I begin to look going, okay, because there's, there's temptations, there's circumstances, there's storms, there's lies, there's thoughts, there's different ways that the devil attacks. And I begin to process going, how do I weather all of them? Because <clears throat> the storms come at me from external, but the battlefield is the mind. <clears throat> and if I can fix my mind on him, if I can fix my mind on his word, if I can fix my mind on his promises. The storms may occur around me, but that does not mean they need to occur within me. And so I begin to look and go, how do I fill up with this? What does this look like? <clears throat> because Satan comes at you with all these different attacks and lies. He tells you things like, you'll never measure up. You're a failure. And you know what? If your spouse was somebody else, they, <clears throat> you could be happy. You know what? And, and he goes through all these different things. And there's, there's storms because of your finances. There's storms because of your just fear, anxiety, depression, the circumstances that you've been through. <clears throat> but even in these different storms, the devil tells lies. And I was, as I was writing this, I was thinking, um, and I realized if I look back at my life, the storms externally have gotten more intense, but the peace internally has also grown. And I've had more peace in larger storms than when I started in smaller storms. So 10 years ago, a little over, uh, before our first son was born, the, the devil, I don't, know, I don't know if you've ever heard just a lie where just a lie just shows up in your heart. You're facing something and the devil shows up and says, they're going to fire you. They're not going to make it. You're sick and you're going to die. Whatever it is that his lie happens to be. As we were heading into to having our first son, the devil was like, your wife's going to die in labor. And I'm like, no, no, she's not. Your wife's going to die in labor. No, she's not. And then she went into labor and you're like, all right, this is going to be great. We're going to quick have a kid. And I'm going to just be like, shove it devil. My wife's fine. And as, as, as labor progressed, it just kept going and going and going and going and going and going. And she had a, a really rough, really long labor. And the longer that it went, <clears throat> the more that this lie of the enemy like kept like coming at me. 
and like trying to ring in my ears. I remember battling it. And at one point, <clears throat> there was one of our relatives I kicked out of the room. They, they were supposed to be in the room for labor. And finally, they kept talking and agreeing with every problem that a doctor would mention and everything. And finally, I'm like, shut up, go. And they're like, like get out. And I was not as patient with them as I should have been. But I'm sitting here and I'm like, I don't need to hear every worst case that possibly can go and could happen. I'm going to stand on God's word and I'm sitting here going back, going through. You know what? My wife will live and not die. She will declare the works of the Lord in the land of the living. And I begin to go back and hold on to these promises. And I begin to go over them and over them and over them. And it ended up in a C-section, which was like scary at the time. And you think about it, you find out this happens all the time to lots of people. And, and, and this storm... The actual amount of danger that was in that one was not near as high as some of the next ones. But that was the worst storm for me internally. Fast forward a kid or two, we had a much closer call. But I had learned and was standing on God's word. And as the storm just began to rage around, and you start to see them look a little worried. You see, start to see them going to take care of stuff. And you start to see them going, I'm having a problem. You don't really want to hear your doctor say, I'm having a problem, especially when your wife's opened up. But you begin to hear it and the enemy begins to throw these lies at you and going, this, this, this. And you go, no, 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 I have a promise. By his stripes, I am healed. We are redeemed by the blood of the lamb. And you begin to stand on this. And you begin to go, you know what? You can have a storm out there, but it's not going to come in here. We're going to keep this storm on the outside and I'm going to have peace on the inside and begin to stand. And it was, I don't know, it was crazy because with, with another one, there was, you know, there was, there was more. And then, then we, later we encountered sepsis. And apparently that there's a lot of people who don't survive sepsis. And we go through and there was a storm and there was lies that the enemy began to, to come at me again. But by this time, I had begun to rely more and more on these promises. And so when you begin to get this report, you're like, no, that's that report. Maybe what the doctor sees right now, but that's not the report that the Lord gave me. His report says I am healed. His report says she is free. His report says she's going to live a long life and declare his praises. His report. And I begin to hold on to that. So when the doctors begin to say these different things, you're like, that may be the case right now, but that will not be the case. Your word is not final. God's word is final. We begin to stand on these promises and begin to battle those. And it was amazing that the storm around us was more intense, but the storm inside me was not. Because the, the circumstances around you don't have to control you. And when, it, when you begin to realize that I'm not a victim to what's happening to me from the outside, I can stand on his word no matter what's going on around me. And it was, <clears throat> in fact, I actually got in trouble because I, as, as we stood on this one and we had different things that were going, we had different reports that the doctor gave and there was a point when we just went from praying for God's healing to going, boom, it's done. Doctor hadn't told us that yet, but we said it is done. We have a promise. I celebrated because at that point it was done. Well, eventually the doctor gave us the word that it was done. And I'm like, yeah, we knew that a long time ago. And I was supposed to celebrate then, but I'd celebrated earlier. But the, I like, it was so settled that by the time the doctor gives us that report, I'm like, I've, I've known that for so long. Like, 
It's like telling me who won the Super Bowl five years ago. You're like, it's old news. Like, this is just like, you don't need to celebrate now. This is, this is because the, the promise that we've been holding on to, it kept the storm from shaking me. And then we had another. And again, but by this time, you already just have this, no, my God is faithful. And so when the next storm comes, and they're like, oh, this is, this is, you know, hey, this is bad, and we may have to do a surgery on her heart, and this and that, and you're like, no, no. Just watch. Watch what God does. And it was amazing, and we got to watch where the doctors looked and said, hey, look, you had a stroke thing. We think it's because you have a hole in the heart. They did this, like, test where they, like, squirt, like, bubbles, which I thought was, like, kill people. Kind of weird. But they had a way to, to do it where they don't kill you, which is good because um, we didn't want to die. And so they, like, squirted bubbles into her while doing an ultrasound of her heart. And they watched bubbles go from one chamber to the other, and they're supposed to pass through the lungs and be cleared out. And so they're like, there's a hole in your heart. And that's what's, what caused this, this episode. This is a big deal. We're, we're going to do a surgery, um, but we need to go in through the throat and, and look and get a perfect look at where is this hole, how big is this hole, and map out the plan. This is like a storm. But we'd already like had lots of practice on, no, God's word says, I'm gonna stand on his word, and when this is said and done, we're gonna walk in victory. And this storm around me may be occurring, but it doesn't have to rob my peace. Yeah, we may have to jump through some hoops. We may have to do some doctor visits. We may have to do some things. But by golly, Jesus already paid the price. And I'm going to stand on his word. And when I stand on his word, the world may shake, but my, his word will not. And we begin to, to pray. And it happened to be the same weekend that, that Randy Clark was here, which was good timing. Um, but... We went through and, and he prayed for it and we watched a miracle. We went in and they did the next ultrasound where they shoved stuff down her throat and ultrasound from down her throat and looked at her heart and they got done at the end and they said, your heart looks great. There is no hole. And we just looked and they're like, we don't know how we messed up the first time. I'm like, you didn't mess up the first time. You just didn't know my Jesus. And like, it's just this, this thing where we can go through and there can be storms around you that can be intense but just because there's a storm around you doesn't mean there needs to be a storm inside you. But if you want to outlast the storm and you want to have peace inside when there's a storm raging on the outside, you need to have a foundation. See, that's what Awana is all about. See, Awana is about filling them up with verses, filling them up with a foundation on the inside so when the storm comes from the outside, they have something to stand on. And it's, it's true for them, but it's true for us. See, I remember, you know, there, there's verses that as a kid I thought were amazing where they talk about like, we're in a war. Like there's like the armor of God and there's like, we have weapons. It says our weapons. I'm like, sweet, we got weapons? Are they guns? Like what have we got here? Like you go through this and it's, it's fun. But then it says that our weapons are not carnal, but mighty in God. Like, so we got mighty weapons for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought captive. And I'm like, 
What about weapons that like blow up mountains? What about like, and you want these like big guns and rocket launchers and like, like what's my spiritual rocket launcher? Like I want, cool. and he's like, your battle is going to be take some thoughts captive. He talked about in faith, he talked about moving mountains, but he goes, you're weaponed. The battle's going to happen here. And if you can win the, weapon, the battle here, then you can walk it out here. Jesus won the battle over the storm before he, called, he said peace. He was walking in peace in the middle of the storm. And there's, there's times when I wish I could promise you, just learn a couple of promises from God's word and you'll never have a problem. That would be cool. Uh, but Jesus promised that problems will come and I'm not going to go against his promise. But when I fill up on his promises, though the storms may come external, I can stand on his word internal. And I can have a peace even when things around me are chaotic. Even when I'm going through it. <clears throat> and I can actually export my peace and share it with those around me. And that was one of the cool things when we, we uh, <clears throat> took our detour into the ditch off Ivanrest was watching our, our son freak out when Amanda freaked out. But when she chose a position of peace and she turned it around, watched him receive peace because you can export what's internal. And when I fill up on God's word, I can begin to export it. I can begin to stand on his promises and have peace. And it's a powerful, powerful thing. And we can go through, and, and, and I've done it before, we've looked at the, the armor of God and looked at these different things. <clears throat> and I remember being so shocked when I realized these all come back to God's word and these all come back to my mind. And these all protect my thinking and my thoughts because if I, can, if I can win the battle there, then the battle's already won out here. Because if I, if I win it there, the enemy loses his hold. And there are promises that are for you. And I don't know what it is that you're struggling with, but you can, I, I've got a list of promises. You can hop online and say, God's promises. And you can find lists of thousands of promises. And if you type in, you're like, I need promises for healing. I need promises for health. I need promises for my finances. I need promises um, for resisting the enemy, for the fact that I just feel like I'm not enough. And you go, I, I just feel inadequate. And God goes, well, that's okay because my grace is made perfect in your weakness. And he goes through and you can go, well, yeah, but, <clears throat> but, but, I, but I'm afraid. Well, God hasn't given you a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. He says that, that if you'll fix your eyes on him, he'll give you perfect peace. And, and you go through, yeah, but, but, but did you see the doctor's report? Well, yeah, but, because, but by his stripes, I am healed. And there's all these different promises. And as I was going over this, I felt like there's somebody here, or someone's, plural, that have been struggling with anxiety and depression. And they have been fighting or losing and feeling like they are a victim to these things. I have news. It is broken. God has called me to speak peace into your storm. So whether you're in person or you're online, if you've been struggling with anxiety and depression, um, somebody's getting delivered today. And if I was you, I would claim it. Declare it that that is for me. That God's peace is going to rest on you.
that God's peace is there and that the storm's hold on you is broken. Anxiety and depression have to go. He says that Isaiah 26.3 says, you will keep in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. Jesus came to heal the brokenhearted. So if you're brokenhearted, that's you. And I don't know what storms you're going through, but the storms that you're going through don't have to control you. I want to invite you to dive into his word, to lay hold of his promises and to get those in. And if you need to cover your house with them, cover your house with them. Type them up, print them out, write them out, whatever works best for you. I don't write them out. My mom likes to write them out. Like she says it helps her memory. If she writes it out, I'm like, if I write it out, I can't even read it. Like, like you gotta like pay really close attention. I'm like, I can type it out and then I can like increase the font size depending on where I'm gonna stick it and how close you're gonna be to it. But stick those things all over. Get those promises in your heart. And if there's something that you're fighting and you're going, you know what? Hey, I need a job. Then go through some verses on the favor and go through the verses that says that he, that God is the one who gives you the ability to get wealth. Deuteronomy chapter eight, verse 18. And you go through this and say, hey, my God will supply all my needs according to his glorious riches in Christ Jesus. Philippians chapter four, verse 19. And you can lay a hold of these promises and go, well, my God is my source. So I'm gonna look to him. I'm gonna step out in faith and I'm gonna watch God be faithful. Because there may be a, a a problem around me, but my God is within me. And greater is he who's in me than he who's against me. And no weapon formed against me shall prosper. And when I begin to rest on these promises, then the storm loses its power over me. And the storm loses its power over you. God wants to bring peace. God wants to bring a calm. And as I, <clears throat> I look at his promises, the greatest promise, Romans chapter 10, verse 13, goes through and he says, whoever calls on his name will be saved. And we talk about these different battles, but if you haven't made Jesus your Lord, you're missing out. And there's a lot of storms, but you're missing out on the promises that are for you if you have not first encountered God, the promiser, who says, I want to give you forgiveness. I have paid the price for your forgiveness. I've paid the price for your healing. I have paid to redeem you from the curse and all that comes with it. And here I extend it. Will you take it? And if you have not made Jesus your Lord, now is your opportunity. Today, you get to respond. Can everyone bow their heads and close their eyes? If you say today, I want to make Jesus the Lord of my life. I want him to come in, <clears throat> forgive me and make me right with him. If that's you, when I count to three, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand. One, two, three. Go ahead and say, that's me. I want to make Jesus the Lord of my life. Awesome. Who else says that's me? If you're online, you can type it in there. Click to raise your hand there. Most important decision that anybody ever makes. We're going to say a simple prayer. We're going to do what God said. We're going to call on his name. And the Bible says that when we call on his name, he, we will be saved. So if you raised your hand or you're online and you 
typed it in. If you're making that decision tonight, I want you to join me as we say this. If you've done this before, go ahead and join us as we declare God to be our Lord. Say, God, thank you for loving me even when I make mistakes. I'm sorry for the wrong things I've done. I believe that you died and rose again. Thank you for washing my sins away. I choose to live for you from this day forward. I declare that you are my Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.